Good morning. Everybody hear me pretty well? Got my mic kind of low. Everybody can hear? No response. I assume you can't. <coughs> okay, good deal. Uh, before we go any further, let's just open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today, Lord, and we're thankful for this opportunity to be here. Uh, thankful for who you are to each and every one of us. And God, as we get in this part of the service, God, I pray that you would just uh, minister to our hearts, God. and pray that you use your spirit, and I pray that you'd speak to me and through me, Lord. God, it's not by me, but it's only by you. I pray that you would lead us and guide us, and uh, may we honor you in everything that we do. It's not by us, but it's only by you, and we give you all the praise and glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I went to a revival one time, and I was probably... 14 or 15, so a really long time ago, and I'd never preached a message or anything at this point. Uh, but I remember Brian Harlan was the, was the pastor. He was the preacher that night. And he got up there, and he said, my dad told me something one time that I've never forgot. He said, when you're preparing for a message and you don't know what you're going to say or what you're going to do, he said, don't try to prepare. He said, you need to pray. And he said, so that's what I did. And I, and I, for whatever reason, I remembered that. I've remembered that my entire life, and I've thought about that probably 5,000 times between now and then. And so that's what I did today, is I didn't do a whole lot of writing down notes, and I didn't do a whole lot of, I didn't do a whole lot of anything, and it, it, I, it wasn't from a lack of trying. I was trying. It just wasn't, it wasn't going how I wanted it. It wasn't going onto the paper how I thought it was going to, and so I did. I took the advice that a pastor's father had gave to him, and that was pray. Spend that time in prayer. And so that, that's what I did, and I said, I said all that to say that I, I don't know where this is going, and we might be leaving in the next two or three minutes. <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but... And... It was a, it was, I had a really interesting week. It was a, it was a weird week. It started off really well. Uh, Rachel's grandpa had passed away, so we had his funeral on Wednesday. And that was, that was really, that was really cool. And I was glad to got to be a part of that as far as I got to know Nolan more than I ever really knew him through the funeral. Uh, I just knew him as kind of that elderly man. That was Rachel's grandpa, you know, and in the past couple of years, his health had really declined, and he wasn't, I was never around him. And then COVID, I was never around him at all, really. Uh, but through Marty and Steve and being around the family, you got to see who Nolan really was. And he was a hard worker. And that, I think that's, that's how they would describe him. That would be the first thing that said, hard worker. Uh, and then also godly man. And present father. <clears throat> and... I had, I said that the rest of my week went really bad at school. And I don't try, I'm not trying to get emotional. I didn't want to get emotional. And it went bad because of kids not listening, not doing what you want them to do, and just coming from broken situations where there's not a dad in the home that cares. And I get so mad at them. I want to choke them to death. And I get so frustrated. 
But when I look at what's going on in their life, I have compassion on them. Because dad's nowhere to be found. We're in dire need of dads. And I'm not, I'm not talking about baby makers. We've got plenty of baby makers. We've got plenty of men that'll happily have a baby and be there for the first year of its life and then run off and, and live like hell the rest of their life. I don't know if they're making very more, any more Nolans. And you listened about Nolan's life, and man, his kids all respected him. There was no back talking, and I think he might have been even a little bit too far. He was very tough on all of his kids. They respected him a lot. I mean, they, they feared him. They didn't want to get crossed up with dad in any way. And you look at kids now, and they don't, they don't respect anybody. But dad's not in the home. And if he is in the home, he's not being dad. Amen. And uh, through the end of this week, I had a really rough week, and I had a different message planned. And like I said, as I was preparing and how my week went, my mind was really on something else at the end of Friday. And all this weekend, nothing went how I wanted it to go. My mind was somewhere else. And so I know what I want to say. I know what's in my heart. But it, it did not come down on paper. It just didn't. I couldn't get it wrote out. It just didn't make any sense. But I was reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. The Bible says Jesus had been teaching and preaching in these big crowds. And the Bible says that He went through all the towns and villages and He was healing the sick. He was causing the blind to see. He was doing all these miracles. And the Bible says in Matthew 9.36, it said, When he saw the crowds, he being Jesus, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. <clears throat> and I was reminded of that this week. Uh, and it, it's, not just been, it's not just been this week. I can't tell you how many times that I've been in my office this year and we're at the very beginning of the school year with a kid crying or with a kid upset, dealing with something that is insane. And I'm sitting on the other end of it and don't know what to tell them. All I can do is pray with them. Amen. That's all I know to do. And that, that might not be what you're supposed to do, but that's all I know to do. Amen. And, and what, I've, what I've gathered this week is it's not... It's not just our schools because the kids that come to schools is just a product of what's at home. Amen. So it's not kids that are messed up. We've got parents that are messed up. Amen. And you look at what's going on in our country. It's not just schools that's messed up. It's a country that's messed up. It's a world that's messed up. Amen. We're all broken people. I'm a broken person because of sin, because of life, life circumstances. You know, Jesus said, I've told you these things that you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He said, I'm telling you, you can have peace about it. You're going to have bad days. Amen. You're going to get pressed. You're going to fall down. You're going to make mistakes. 
I'm telling you this so that you will know, so that you can have peace about it. In this world, you will have trouble. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world and we are a broken people. And there is only one right answer. And that is Jesus. And so as I, as I thought about the, the kids at school and I thought about what was going on, I realized it's not, it's not just our kids that's broken, it's society is broken. Everyone's broken. And we need Jesus. And I, and I don't know the best way to give people that. All I can do is I've got to live better. Amen. And I think that's what God's telling me is I've got to be better. And it was, it was upsetting because Friday I got really upset and probably didn't handle the situation the best that I could have. And, well, it was a lot of fireworks from all ends. And I thought about that all weekend and I thought about how frustrated I was with them kids. And I thought, man, there's more important things than playing a sport. And I honestly think sometimes kids act out because they know they'll get in trouble because they know you'll give them attention. Amen. They need that because dad just don't exist at home. Mom don't care. Mom's with this person, with that person. And I thought about that and that weighed on my heart greatly. And what I gathered from that is that I've got to be better. And in Matthew, going back to Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he looked at his disciples and he said, Truly, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I remember the first time I read that, I didn't, I didn't understand what he meant because he said that the, the, he had compassion on this crowd because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They were broken. They were in need of healing. They had messed up circumstances. They needed a God. They needed a Savior. He had compassion on them. These people were lost. And then he looks at his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful. Amen. Well, a plentiful harvest is a good thing. Harassed and helpless is not. Amen. And he looks at his disciples. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And what Jesus was saying is there's plenty of ministry opportunities. There's plenty of people that need Jesus. There's plenty of people that need leadership. There's plenty of people that need direction. But the people that are willing to do that are few. And so I think, I think about the church and I think about me and I think about the people that are in positions to affect other people. We're all in a position to affect somebody else. You might not be a school teacher, but every one of us come into contact with other people every day. And you know what? You're coming in contact with a broken person every single day Amen. because we're all broken people. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have trouble. We all face Satan. We all need Jesus. And I think about the, the amount of people that are giving up on life now is, 
is insane. I mean, you look at the suicide rate in Arkansas, if you looked in our country, you would see that it is just, it's skyrocketing. People are killing themselves every single day because they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They have nowhere to go, they're lost, they don't care, and they give up on life. A lot of them have kids. Now that kid has somebody, no one in their life. Earlier this year, I was at school, <clears throat> and I was talking to this girl. I'd never really talked to her in my entire life, but she was kind of a loner, so I was trying to talk to her, and she had this necklace on. I asked her who her best friend was, and she pointed at this necklace, and I thought that was just kind of a goofy response. That was dumb. And I said, a necklace? How's a necklace your best friend? And she said, my dad gave this to me. He died last week. Well, I wasn't ready for that. I didn't even know what to say. And I sat there and I thought about that and I didn't want to just turn around and walk off and I, he told her I was sorry for it and told her I'd be praying for her and she just started to talk about it and she said, yeah, we think that he did it on purpose. And it was, it was the man that was killed up here on Highway 5 a while back on a motorcycle just a few weeks ago. And they said, we think that he did it on purpose because when he left that morning, he said, I'm not coming back. And they think he intentionally killed himself on a motorcycle by running into another vehicle. That's what the kid thinks. And I, and I look at that situation, I go, man, there must have not been any hope for somebody to walk out of the house that morning and tell their family, I'm not coming back. And I think about that situation. Think about that kid. And I wonder, what are we doing as a church? What are we doing as a people? I've got problems. I've got plenty of crap to gripe about. I could gripe about something every day. And so could all of you because we all have trouble. We all face Satan. But man, there is, a, there is a world of people out here, a sea of people that are giving up, that have no hope. They don't sit in pews on Sunday. They live like hell every day. They don't know Jesus. They have no hope. They're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And the same problem that Jesus told His disciples is the same problem now. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And all that God has told me is that I could do more. Amen. And I'm not perfect. And I promise you Friday, I made some mistakes and stuff that I said and how mad I got. And as I thought about that, the only conclusion that I've, that I've gained from all of it is that I've got to be better. Amen. God, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, give me direction, and help me to be a light to other people that I come into contact with. And I think that's the message that He's telling us today. Amen. Be Jesus for someone else. Amen. Show them Jesus. Be that light that they need. Because there is a world of people that are giving up, that are dying, that are killing themselves every day to get out of here, to go somewhere else. And it's not somewhere you want to go. 
We're all broken people. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when I step back and I realize that, I have a lot more compassion for that kid that's given me a headache, for that kid that's being disrespectful, for the kids that aren't acting right. I all of a sudden start to care and go, you know what? I've had a lot better life than them. I was dealt a lot better hand than them. And they're doing that to get my attention because they crave that, because they need that. And that's as good an opportunity for me to share Jesus with them as they may ever get. Broken people ain't gonna, they don't come into churches. People that don't know God, they don't just walk into churches. It's because they come into contact with people like you every day at work or in a passing by that they might one day walk into a church and find Jesus because your prayers might have affected them. So in conclusion, we all have an impact on each other. Y'all have an impact on me, I have an impact on you. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Amen. And God is calling all of us to do more. And I think everybody can take a step back and say, I can do more. I can do better. I can pray more. I can be a light to someone. Amen. And that's, that's my challenge to y'all this week, is be the light that somebody else needs. We all have an impact on other people. Be that for somebody else. I wanted to close uh, with a passage from Psalm 62. And it starts in verse 1 and it goes to verse 8. And I just thought this was a good, this was a good reminder of what God is. Because we're all broken people. We all need Jesus. Amen. Every single one of us need Jesus. We need the rest. We need the peace that He can give us. And this is a good reminder of that. It says in verse 1, it says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intended to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless me, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Jesus is the answer. And that's simple. And everybody here knew that before you got here. But He really is the answer. Amen. Knowing Him, seeking Him, and trying to lead others to Him is the greatest thing we can do. Amen. We live and are surrounded by broken people. I'm a broken person in need of God's grace, in need of God's love, in need of Jesus' peace. I'm in need of a relationship with Him, and so are you. And you know what? So is everyone else. Amen. So is them kids that make you mad. 
So is them co-workers that gossip about you. So is them people that cut you off and flip you off driving down the road. We're all broken and in need of God. Amen. And when I look at that and when I think about that, I realize that I could be a lot more compassionate than what I am. It's easy to get mad and judge and throw rocks, but until we've walked in somebody else's shoes, we probably shouldn't. Amen. <clears throat> I don't know if that made any sense, but that's my heart. That's what I had to say. That's what God had laid on me. And that was God's challenge to me. And this might have been more for me than it was anyone else. But that's what I want to leave you with today. Be a light to somebody else. Because you never know the impact that you're going to have on somebody else. Don't make it a negative one. Amen. If you all stand with me. As we close, if anybody wants to pray for any reason, consider these altars open. God, we come to You, Lord, and thankful for Your Spirit. God, thankful for Your convictions and thankful for uh, what You've placed on my heart today, God. And Lord, I pray right now for this church, for these people, Lord, that You would just lead us and guide us in everything that we do, God. Lord, that we wouldn't be complacent in our walks with You, God, but we'd be striving and seeking every single day to grow closer to You. And God, not only that, but help us not to be lazy uh, spiritually, God. Help us to be ministers of Your Word, God. Examples to others. Salt and light, God. Lord, we thank You and we love You. We give You all the praise and glory, Lord. And it's not by us, but it's only by You. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.